Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Stories Worth Sharing. I'm your host for this episode, Ted Ryan, and today my guest is my one of my teachers, Chad Groman. Hello. 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 Uh, you're an illustrator. I am an illustrator, yeah. Uh, you've had a long and storied career. You I think so. are currently teaching at Rochester Institute of Technology. Yes. And my first question, how are you feeling today? I feel good today. Today's the last uh, full day or last daytime class. And um, I went to Imaginary Tea on Saturday. And it seems like I haven't been here in a week, but we were here Friday so or Thursday. I feel good. <laughs> it feel, feels good about it. Yeah, there's definitely a, an atmosphere in the studio of things wrapping up. Yeah, there's some. Te- it's a little tense, I, I think, and sometimes it shouldn't be. It should be nice and joyous, and right. It should be fun. I think for the people that are graduating, it's much tenser. Yeah. Whereas the people who have some time left. Yeah, and people who really care not to not to separate, but I think if you really care, you're probably a little tense. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so my first question: You are an illustrator. Why illustration? Why did you choose that as your route? Well, I always, I always knew I was going to be an illustrator. We were talking about that this morning. So my uncle had a design company in Buffalo, in the city, and it was always kind of this understanding as I was growing up as a little kid that I'd go work for my uncle. <laughs> so it was never a question that I'd be an illustrator ever. I don't remember not wanting to be an illustrator. I wanted to be a freelancer. That was my goal when I came out of high school because I had really good teachers. And I just knew I was going to be an illustrator. That's, it's, it wasn't really, it was no doubt. And I, I think having that knowledge really pushed me maybe as a kid. And then I never did work for my uncle, but I, <laughs> but I did become an illustrator. Do you still plan to? Work for my uncle? Yeah. No, his, his company closed. Okay. Yeah, I think, you know, he was, he, they were around a really long time in Buffalo. And <laughs> long enough that when digital rose and became a prominent uh, necessity if you can match those two words he didn't like roll with it he did not go to the digital route um so he they closed and Mm -hmm. i i don't know you know obviously there's other artists that they could have brought in but they they didn't they weren't around when i was ready to go in there was there a moment when you were young like what what do you what do you remember as the first piece of artwork that you remember being really proud of producing you know you wanted to show it off to everyone gosh i don't know but i do remember some art and it, it doesn't have anything to do with anything was reading comics firestone firestar i don't know some dc title and i put michael <laughs> jackson's hat on it and that was kind of like that's just all i really remember but i didn't really i don't draw comics i don't like I don't go that way, but I do remember drawing that Michael random Jackson. memory. Yeah, because you know, summer is a fun time for drawing, and right. I don't know. I, 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 I don't remember really anything significant, like one specific piece. No. Okay. Um, moving into you know, so you always wanted to be an illustrator from when you were really young, um, but within that, there's a lot of different routes that yeah, you can take for sure. Did you originally have, you know, you mentioned you wanted to be a freelancer, but did you have a specific area of interest that you wanted to freelance with, and did that change over time? Well, yeah, I think it did definitely change. So my uncle, when I was a kid, I was helping him do, like, mechanicals for Fisher-Price. So 
it, it was sort of like, and he would take me around to art director. So like, I guess in-house stuff is what I, I really wanted to do. I really liked what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And then um, later, I really wanted to do editorial. I really wanted to do like magazine work. And I never really, I mean, I did some, but it hasn't been my concentration. So it switched. It switched a lot. You know, I think I had sort of this idea that I was going to be an illustrator. And I didn't really know. I just knew I was going to draw. And As long as you were drawing, as long you as would I was be happy. Drawing, yeah, this idea that I knew, who, I knew what illustrators were. And I, I wanted to be that. But I think that I could have used a little more, a little more focus, maybe. And when you were growing as an artist, both young and in college, um, what artists were you particularly influenced by and or inspired by? You know, I hear people answer this question so well. And I I really, (laughs) again, I can't. I can't. I think not until graduate school, when I totally changed the way I worked, did I really become like really kind of, not obsessed, but more fluent in in illustrators, mid-century illustration, and like flat world illustration, totally changed everything that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, I really liked um, I really liked Gary Kelly um, when I was a, in college. You know, growing up, C.F. Payne was super big. As far I know, he's still big, but like right, we had a, there was a, a magazine Step by Step. So anybody that was in Step by Step magazine, we would emulate, and like everybody <laughs> was emulating Chris Payne, and then. Um, think there's some other illustrators that that at this point my my memory doesn't serve me well but David Collier was a huge influence I really love David Collier and Jay Peterman which turned out to be a Seinfeld joke but like was an actual catalog <laughs> so I really wanted to, to illustrate clothing which kind of brings back to that institutional in-house kind of thing even though right. it's a catalog and it was still sort of editorial and JC Leyendecker undergrad JC Leyendecker probably had probably seeps into everything I do still I, so now that I think about it, I could end there and say, yeah, Leyendecker was a massive influence and is to a lot of people, but it was his um, his uh, editing and like economy of mark making. Have you, when you, you know, you mentioned that you were like influenced by that, by them, like, would you try and like directly copy their copy? style? No, I don't like that. Like, I don't... Like, I'm not saying, like... No, I know. Plagiarize, I know like, what you mean. I know what you mean. I, you know, sure, I, I guess I copied it, but I never really did a, a lot of copying. And I, it actually drives me nuts if if I look like somebody, or, or, like, sometimes it latches on, like, this looks like, this looks like... It's like, I'm not really trying to do that. I'm So I'll try to switch. So you listed some of your influences, and you don't want to be... You don't want to copy someone's style. What would you define your style of artwork as. How would you, if someone were to copy you, what would they? What would be the hallmarks of like that? What? Very, well, it's pretty. I'm pretty sloppy. I'm pretty loose. <laughs> In it's what pretty, way? Like, I'm not. I don't like. I don't really draw a lot of straight lines. If I was drawing a building, it would it would never stand. And mm-hmm. but like, it, I used to want to and beat myself up over like these straight lines and stuff. And then I stopped caring and got really mad and just drew this really bad drawing. And I loved it so. I'm really loose. It's really sloppy. And I, and I also, like, if I'm painting, like, a landscape or something, and I think probably more so when I'm doing Photoshop painting, it's like icing a cake. Right. So icing a sloppy cake, I would say <laughs> that would be, if you, if you had to verbalize copying in my style, icing a sloppy cake. Okay. It is, it is with as few possible lines as you could. 
you, you mentioned that you, you always need to grow as an artist in class. You know, you should always be striving to yeah. uh, learn new techniques. Uh, where, what, what are you, what are you really satisfied with your art, and where do you think you still need to improve upon? Well, I, I do make a lot of artwork. That doesn't mean I'm not lazy. So I'm a little lazy. I'm, I'm, you know, I think I fall into a lot of pitfalls where people just starting fall into. It's like you just want to paint so bad or you want to get into it. So sometimes I don't lay the foundation of the drawing as much as I should. Right. I just go into the painting. And I think because I spent a lot of time doing landscapes where I wasn't drawing it out or just like having fun and I'm not drawing it out. So I, th I think I, I would like to to tighten up a little bit. So mm -hmm. like when I said sloppy cake, I think I'd like to tighten up a little bit. Okay. Spend more time in the underdrawing and yeah. sketching. I mean, I do that and I like that result, but you know, it, it's, yeah, I think so. I think so. And you know, that's good. That's fine. It's sort of embarrassing yeah. to admit that, that. I don't think so. That when I'm trying to tell students to, you know, have a good final drawing and like, I'm just <laughs> going right to the paint, but you know, everybody's got their own style and that in itself, you know, if I did a super tight drawing, it wouldn't really, maybe it wouldn't be the same. You know, I know when I do those drawings, it tightens up. Would you up. think that maybe you're losing some of the energy that you would get later on when you're icing the cake? I feel like I look like somebody else when I do it too tight. Yeah. And I don't, I like the way, I, I like the, what I, my stuff. Like, I like the way, I work in a lot of different styles and all that, but, like, I'm pretty happy with it, so, like, it's okay that I don't do that. If it works. If it's purposeful. I would, I gotta take lazy out of that conversation, but... I don't know. Maybe it's more of a time thing. You bring up the word lazy. And one thing that I've noticed in the studio and in classes and in many artists that I mentioned, there's almost always a focus on labor, labor and spending many hard nights on, you know, pouring your heart out into a painting or you know, an illustration and working really hard and, you know, beating yourself up if you're not productive. Mm. Do you often find that, like, you struggle with productivity and, like, how do you, what's your perspective on that from someone more experienced? I think productivity is super important. I think creating a lot of artwork, if you sit, let's say you, you take some time off and you take six months off, which is a lot of time, but, I mean, six months can go pretty fast, right? That's six months of progress and artwork that you're not ever getting back. And like when I was full on digital and didn't do a lot of traditional work, I, I thought of that a lot when I went back to doing traditional work. I was doing some, but like when I went back, it was, oh my goodness, I have not been doing this. And I've, done, I've been doing pure digital, mostly Adobe Illustrator for like 10 years. I got to get that time back so then I really poured into it. So productivity is really fast. So whether you spend six hours to do a whole drawing because it's energetic and because it's just like that's the flavor of the art, or you spend 60 hours on it, which you can tell when you put more time into right. it, that pieces change. Like that's not really, you know, maybe they do more pieces, but they're both product. You know, they're both being productive. It's like, you know, a, a bike, you know, if you're... A, in a gear that you're spinning your pedals really fast or you're in a, a gear where your pedals are slower, you may reach the same point, but you've got more turnover. You know, so you may produce 20 pieces of art and I may produce, may produce 40 pieces of art. We're still being productive with just different schedules. But I think productivity is super important. 
And building off of that, some people say they experience burnout uh, when they're trying to be like really productive. Have you, you know, have you experienced that? And if so, what do you do to get past that block? Well, you just keep going. Like I think the burnout is not the problem, and and I. I always worry about my vocabulary. It's apathy. Like right. not caring is the problem. But everybody burns out. You get tired. You got to sit down. I, you know, I like cubicles. I, I work in a cubicle. But when <laughs> I first get back to it, I, it takes me every 20 minutes. I got to get up and move around. Even when I'm home and I'm doing a painting, every two hours I'm getting another cup of coffee or a bowl of chips or something. Getting out of the chair. Yeah, I'm getting out of the chair and moving around. So I think, uh, what? What were, you, what were you saying? Productivity and Productivity. roadblocks. Oh, roadblocks. Yeah, yeah. So burnout. You know, you can work through a burnout. You can definitely work through a burnout. I mean, you can take a break. You can take a rest. You can get up and walk around. You can go to the park. You can shut You can shut the studio down early and come back and refresh. But not caring, that's going to really hurt you. And I don't, I don't know what the danger is of there except just staying positive is really important to not let other outside influences get to you. But burnout, I don't. I haven't really been burnout. I I don't get burned out really. Okay. I've done, I, I, and I gotta say that and, and knock on wood wherever it is. But <laughs> like I I really love making artwork. I get tired and stuff. But I I have not experienced burnout yet. I'm slowing down, but I'm not burned out. Building off of that, what would you say was your most satisfying work experience? It goes by. I could I could pick one from every sort of like period or every like three or four years, and like the ones that are most fresh. You know the. It was really satisfying, going, like being employed in Boston, mm-hmm. at Reebok, and then commuting to Boston. That was really awesome. Those people are amazing, and the job was great, and it felt good. You know, being employed by them and, and living in Buffalo and then going to Boston. I, I just went, um, Adidas in Germany flew me to China to do a mural on one of their brand centers. That was pretty amazing because that whole process is actually still going on. And Really? Yeah, yeah, that's still going on. And um, I've had really great work experiences. A lot of people who really support creativity, a lot of companies who really, who really put effort into making sure that they're celebrating creativity mm-hmm. with their own employees and with their freelancers. So that's actually a tough question because I've been super lucky. I've had a lot of great experiences. From a business or art director uh, perspective, what what is it that they do that celebrates creativity? Like what, what is it that they specifically do that they you admire? Like Adidas or Reebok or somebody like that? Right. When, when, they, when they have a goal to meet or they have a... Like, they have a vision, and whatever it takes to get to that vision is what is going to happen. If they, I know those guys. Um, at one time, they went and traded with the Navy SEALs. Like the artists went and traded with the SEALs so they could get an idea of how other people think. Mm-hmm. Or like that's when I was introduced to looking really seriously at cross brands to understand like how they can apply to like, what that problem might be. Um, I wish. I've been flown to places for just one night for sketching. Like that's really, really? like that's a big deal. Like if they were trying to understand like a, a muscle and and how an artist sees the body and how um, the clothing would fit on the body, or you know what these interpretations are like from an artist's point of view. Like to me, that's like not stopping anything or going on buying trips or 
you know, buying product to, to pick apart and understand. Like that's 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 a company that that just wants the best. So they're not just like sitting at the desk with one lamp on and saying we'll go meet um, tomorrow, you know, on Tuesday. They they make the effort to make it personal and personalized. Personal and global. Mm-hmm. You know, global global is a global look. You know, for even like even the China China exper- experience, like Germany took a, a U.S. artist and put him in China, like that's pretty awesome. <laughs> you know, like you have like some people will are not really for globalization. Like, how could you not be? It's incredible. Mm-hmm. The 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 whole mix of and then going over there and talking to people and their art directors and where they're coming from totally different their tech the technology different everything's different you know? in what way what is uh how are the art directors in china different from say america not so much not so much that they're in china but like working in a in a store that like i've worked retail before right as an associate but to go and and talk about like or observe the people create a store is with unlimited creative resources is pretty awesome <laughs> that's pretty cool to see because i wasn't the only person that was contributing to that by far right i was i was like this one piece of a gigantic gigantic vision mm-hmm. so like to see what other artists did and like to be influenced and amazed of like european art and asian art and all of these other artists that you get to be a small piece that of, collaborative oh, creative awesome. process yeah yeah that's really good and then to come back into an institution and, mm-hmm. and be around all these students that come from different places. That's a great part about being an artist. How has being a teacher affected you and your artwork? Um, it is a constant source of energy. Each student's like a battery. I mean, they're all, they're, <laughs> you're, you guys are all fresh. You're all like um, coming from different areas of interest. It's, it's boundless. The hive knows everything. Like you can tell, you can say something and if you say it wrong, you're going to be corrected, which is maybe not the funnest thing, <laughs> but like, like students are very energetic and they, mm-hmm. they constantly helping people with their creative problems strengthens your creative process because you're helping them exercise. So you're actually, it's like a, it's like a personal trainer, personal creative trainer. I'm getting stronger because you're getting stronger. I love it. I love teaching. That's great. I'm happy to hear it. I really enjoy the class that you did teach, and I'm looking forward to like taking more classes with you next fun. year as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and kind of a similar question. You are a father? Yes. How many kids do you have? We have four teenagers. <laughs> we have kids. A lot of kids in the house. So my next question how has being a father affected you and your artwork? Well, that's part of the slowdown, I think. So when you're alone and you have 24 hours in the day, a lot of those artists can be sleeping, eating, drawing. Right. And, and that's great. And, and still, I mean, everyone has a different definition of involvement and in like where they are in their family. And, and everybody's family is different, not just culture, but like how they were brought up. And so if, if I was... A, if I was, I mean, there's definitely times where I was freelancing. My best years freelancing, I was watching my kid play in the yard through a glass window and saying, and shaking my head saying, what am I doing? And then, <laughs> but now, like, I might, in, instead of, like, starting a painting at 11 p.m., I probably am, like, 
having a conversation with my family or my, my wife or my kids or right. something like that. Or, you know, if we decide to go bowling or something, that's a painting I'm not doing. And so you have to, <laughs> like, you have to decide what you want. And I, I wouldn't put it, you know, the people who are saying I'm not doing drawing, you know, doing one drawing and all this family time or doing 10 drawings and some family time or doing... 30 drawings and observing the family. Everybody's got their own thing. So They're whatever. both valuable I, for I think different I've reasons. Seen all, yeah, and I think I've seen, the, I've seen that whole gamut. Like, mm-hmm. And I, I've liked them all, you know, as much as, you know, when my son was three, now he's 20. Like, everything changes, I guess, you know. You were influenced by your uncle and, and his design firm. Have you influenced your children in any artistic <laughs> pursuits? No, no, they do not have any interest in that. Well, my son does po- He's he went to he's going to school for literature and he writes poetry. Okay, and he's got a creative way of um, presenting his poetry, and he uses Illustrator, W Illustrator, which is really fun. So we get to talk about that. He used to help me. Um, one of our summer projects was we were making an alphabet nature book so I would okay. do the drawings and he would color it in Photoshop when he was little you know he was little he was like 11 or whatever but they're not going to be artists I don't think I, they could I don't you know <laughs> it's you know I think sometimes when you grow up as a, in an artist family it's kind of like well when I was sewing a lot you know I'd make all these wristlet purses for my daughter and by the fifth or sixth wristlet, she'd, wristlet, she'd be like, yeah, thanks. And like, who cares? It's another wristlet. I don't really need that. Diminishing returns yeah, of gratitude? I, I think so. Well, uh, I don't know. You're biting your tongue, right? You're, you're gritting your yeah, teeth. Yeah, I'm trying and... to find the right right word of, of, <laughs> of like, um, like being impressed by your parent, which right. I don't know if they're impressed anyway, but. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm trying to, but like I, I don't know. It was fun making those things. Right, yeah. I have one closing question. Okay. As I mentioned before, there's a lot of, you know, angst and worrying in the studio, especially for people graduating soon about, you know, entering the workforce, leaving the, the safety net of school last safe place the last safe place and you know struggling with people finding a job what could you what would you say to people that are graduating next week or a year from now and what was your first couple years out of college like so the first couple years out of college were okay i mean the first year was not good so everyone's career path is different i think what comes to mind most is be inspired and when we look at artwork and other people's art we want to be inspired we don't want to compare don't don't compare your artwork with other people's only in only in a way to make it better by being inspired by other people and your career should be the same so people who are graduating who are freaking out they're freaking out i think because they have this idea of what they're supposed to be doing and the path that they're supposed to run on because of who they admire achieved Right. But like everybody is totally have a different experience. I, I'm pretty happy with my career, but my first year was I drove a truck. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't good, and I started small, and then you know I flexible was a big thing for me, and then I still mm-hmm. I preach that like to be flexible. And if I had been I, very rigid, which I was at first on what I thought was successful and what I needed to do, and everything else was wrong, then I'd I'd still be 
I'd still be doing something. I would be doing something else. And people give up. You know, anybody who's in art school, especially if you spent the whole four years here, that says something about your who you are. You right. Know? So if you are if you are an artist and you see yourself that way, and you know inside that you can feel it because it's running through your your body, <laughs> then you you shouldn't give up. Mm-hmm. And people, I think people give up because they they're too rigid, or they you know the stamina is a big thing. It, you know, stamina is a, a, a tough thing. There, it goes up and down. You know. I think if you ask anyone uh, in the studio, they've met someone at a print shop or at a festival or something who shares a story story of you know, oh, you're an illustrator. I used to be one too yeah. until yeah. it got too difficult. Um, and you, you know, you mentioned apathy, but you know, I think it's very stressful that like yes. We have some teachers that are excellent artists, but in the same regard, we've met a lot of people that gave up. Gave up. And, and it's just, it, it kind of um, heightens the fear almost. Yeah, I think you got to ask yourself why you decided to be an illustrator. A, a person should ask themselves why they became an illustrator. Is it to gain a certain income per year? Because that's why they're giving up. Or, or maybe they're hitting walls. But there's a lot of doors to open. So people are probably giving up because they're not hitting that financial goal. Especially mm-hmm. with student loans. Especially with you know, the cost of living. You know? Right. And and that is definitely, definitely a big deal. It really is. It's valid. It's very valid. And, and it, it does take a lot. It, you have to be... You Again, it comes down to flexibility. So... You know, I would love to sit here and say that I hit the ground running and I'm a big blue chipper and I, whatever, but like, I've had lean years, I've had amazing years. You know, if, if I gave up on all my lean years, I would not have had those amazing years. Right. And I've switched artistic careers a lot, many times. I've had a, art, a lot of art lives, you know. So like, and there's been times where I've started over. So like, let's... Let's say you take the idea of what you believe is success and then you achieve it. And then you get to a point where something changes that and you leave it. So all the things that took you to that success, all the, the, the retail jobs, all this job, just because you reach a certain point doesn't mean that you're good to go for the rest of your life. You should keep well, raising like if, the bar. Well, if you, need to, if you need to quit and start over, then do it. So like... It wasn't that many years ago. I had three jobs. One was art. I don't, I'm not counting like the other jobs, but like sometimes you start over. Like how much, how willing are you to reinvent yourself if you want to? Not right. because you have to, because that's what you decided to do. So there, there's a, 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 a even a, a, a kind of folded component to that. If you're doing illustration because you think you're going to reach this certain level, and then that's like your safe zone. You you never have to restart from anywhere. I, I, and that happens for you, I congratulate you. If you have to start from the beginning, keep going. Just keep doing it. Like, who cares? Just keep making artwork and try to get into the places that you want to get into. And if you can't get in there, then keep trying while you do something else. But don't give up. There's a lot of work out there. And there's something for everybody. <laughs> and everybody can find their place where they fit. You just got to find it and, you know, enjoy it. It, it should be fun. You should have a good time. It's all about having a good time. I, I don't know. I really like working. It's frustrating, you know, if I create 
I painted something yesterday before my wife got home. It was in six pieces. You know, I just <laughs> rip stuff up all the time. But like, that's frustrating. But I enjoyed painting it when I was done. You know, when I was doing it. Mm-hmm. I'll paint again later. You know, you'll make another piece. So what? And I think that is the perfect way to summarize it. Yeah. Just make another piece. Yeah, you make more. You know, you make you make another piece, and then hopefully that'll be better than your last piece. And um, maybe your next job will be better than your other job. And then you just keep getting better and better. And then maybe you'll decide that you like coding. So you, you, go, you go and do that. <laughs> Complete right? lateral uh, yeah, career know, path. You know, but you have this really great illustration background. But, I, you know, I love, illust- I love illustration, no doubt. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm really happy to see illustrators be illustrators and always sad when one drops out. All right. Well... Thank you for yeah, yeah. coming on to Thanks. the this podcast. Really fun. I, I always love talking about illustration. It's yeah. No, topic. I you shared a lot of nuggets of wisdom that I thought were worth oh, cool. uh, okay. recording. So thank you. Is there thank anywhere you. we can follow you on social media? Well, you you can. So that got, in, I guess, to another topic. But I do have um, chadgroman.com as my website. But there's And there's like 12 or 15 pieces on there. Which I had to pick from hundreds because you have that that idea that you have to have consistency mm-hmm. is true. Yeah. So like then I may just reinvent that with other work and stuff. So it depends what I want to work at, but you could go there. Okay. You can go there, and then everything else turns over. <laughs> turns over. But I do have Instagram as well. Not not as much art goes on there, but maybe for the summer project. Do you? Have that tag? Yeah, that's not my, my, this is my Buddhist name. It's K-A-N-J-O-G-R-O-H-M-A-N for Instagram. All right. So that's a, more of a, a mix, a cultural and art, art Instagram. I guess I should mention it. Um, mention that you have a Buddhist name. I, believe I do have a Buddhist name, Kanjo. Yes. You mentioned that you were a Buddhist priest. I am, yes. How has Buddhism affected your artwork? Well, I'm a, how has it affected my artwork? Well, I think artwork is artwork, really. I mean, I draw a lot for my lineage. I draw a lot for publications. I'm the publisher for our books and our magazine, so I draw for those. And I like to more um, send art directors of those like-minded magazines more so. But, you know, I think maybe I draw more... More Buddhist driven like imagery right I don't think it's really affected it so much less negative I think iconography and yeah imagery. yeah no no uh, not a lot of killing on my portfolio right. <laughs> you know, it's not really not really part of it so but I, you know I, I wasn't really drawing too much of that anyway some some but not too much not too much alright well thank you again thank for you. coming on uh, if you'd like to follow my artwork, I have a Twitter handle at these fine times. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for all the platforms um, for making this podcast possible, specifically Anchor. And have a good day. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye.